0: Do you love horror and fantasy? If so, don't miss out on Gabriela Balcom's novella Down With The Sickness and Other Chilling Tales. It'll have you shivering right on the edge of your seat. Dive right into these macabre horror stories, but be careful not to close your eyes. Evil lurks unseen, supernatural beings keep watch, and monsters lie in wait. Some plot vengeance while others crave human flesh. Crystal longs to be a rock star, but what would she do to make her dream come true? Lie? Kill? Elaine goes to extremes to be like Sonora, but isn't the only one wanting to be someone else. Betty struggles to breathe after Rodney blows smoke in her face, then he does worse. But the watchers have something special in mind for him. Wahasi stalks through the swamp in crocodile form, infuriated at her lack of food, but she has a plan, and the townspeople better watch out. A brat. Brad defies his parents and tries to hurt his sister, but he's not the only bully around. Abner is delighted to visit Aogigahara Forest, which is rumored to be haunted, but Sharon isn't. Shane dares Angeline to spend the night in the Devil's Hand, which is supposedly cursed. Trisha is prideful about her looks and bullies a younger girl, but she has a surprise visitor. Life post-COVID included nuclear bombs and death. Cole, Vera, and Marianne have little left to eat and need to forage, but rovers are out and about and must be avoided at all costs. Dean likes pushing people around, but when he damages his grandfather Charlie's Venus flytraps, Charlie isn't the only one who's upset. Gabriela Balcom's book includes all of the above and more, and the readers have been gushing about her creations. Wow! Just freaking wow! I was deeply disturbed, loved every minute. Bravo! A masterpiece in the horror genre, heartbreaking and devastating. Holy shit, that was so creepy. I loved it. I want more, more, more. Dang it. I got chills reading this story. Exciting and horrific. Multifacetedly disturbing. Very well written. If you're ready to sink your teeth into Gabriella Balcom's novella Down with the Sickness and Other Chilling Tales, click on over to Amazon.com now. And now, enjoy this free JayZoModcast show.
1: Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary
0: head to rest. Don't Don't you cry.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 139, not 140. My studio audience, my live studio audience is always off by one. Would you stop it? Oh, I'm going to ban him from watching the show from now on. You're not going to be able to watch, or I'm just not going to look at him. All right, so this is episode 139 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, as always, Lupa, because nobody else can do my job. Bob. Nobody else can do my Bob. That's what it looked like. You said Bob. Stop it. I'm going to make him come on the show one of these days. And you know what? He'll sit there quiet as a mouse. Okay. We have a little bit of housekeeping for you. Um, number one. We only have six things. It should take what? 20 minutes. <laughs> number one. Zombie works. Oh, that's what I was doing. See, sidetracked. Okay. So, Zombie Works Publications is still looking for submissions for our anthology coming out in October, 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 um, it is called The Monster Within, and it is strictly human on human violence, um, holy moly. Yes, I know. Dead air. So we need probably about 10 to 13 more stories. Get them in, people. Well, yeah. So get your stuff in. Uh, you can send it to... I don't know. Where's my... Oh, and of course you don't put the didn't put the email address. Okay. So you can send it to, where are we sending it to? Um, I can never remember. Yes, it is Zombie Works Publications. Okay. You can send it to Z-O-M-B-I-E-W-O-R-K-S-P-U-B-L-I-C-A-T-I-O-N S at Yahoo.com. That's Zombie Works Publications at that zombie works stuck now. works Publications at yahoo.com. Like I said, it is human on human violence and it's not possessed humans. It's not supernatural humans. It is your normal, not normal, but psychologically deranged serial killer, um, sociopath. Think along those lines. Like I said before, think Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, um, Charles Manson, Jack the Ripper, those kinds of, of of stories are what we're looking for. Um and the title of said anthology is The Monster Within, Tales of a Tortured Mind. We have quite a uh array of stories already. Um, yeah. i'm telling you it's gonna be quite the book and the thing is you know what there's a there's a meme that goes around that says i'm not afraid of monsters and werewolves and vampires and dragons i'm afraid of what humans do to other humans humans scare me more and they really do they really do we are probably the scariest creature on the earth to be quite honest except for sharks What are you doing? Oh, okay. I was trying to figure out because I looked over at the camera and I was looking at his shoulder. And then I was looking at, I don't know, another body in the bed. I don't know. <laughs> now I'm looking at a cat butt. Okay, so that is uh, the Zombie Works Anthology. Sorry if I'm a little distracted tonight. Um, it's been a busy few days. So, bear with me. Um, Number two, Dark Myth Comics is excited to announce that American Smash number one will be releasing to the public January 9th, 2024. And we'll have a special... Oh, we'll have a special 1 in 25 variant cover penciled by our very own David K. Montoya and inked... Really?! Oh, that's awesome. Inked by Mario E. Martinez, who was the original. These two were the original art team that did the one shot. So that is very exciting. I am very excited about that. Um, I have seen Mario's work. I love Mario's work. I love Dave's work, too. But, you know, he knows that. (laughs) Okay. uh, Number three, the decision was made on who won this year's Open Contract Challenge. And you don't get to find out until September 24th. So, (laughs) I know. That was cruel. Come at me. I don't care. Send me the hate mail. Um, We are going to, actually, to be quite honest, I don't even know. Um, I know Dave knows. I know Cliff Flint knows. And I think Walter knows. I do not know. Um, but they are keeping it very tight-lipped. I'm not even sure they will give out the name, even under the case of extensive bribery, um, in the way of, say, you know, fuzzy slippers, bottle of wine, uh, bathrobe, spa day. <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah no they are keeping it tight-lipped until September 24th and it will be announced on the 25th actually because they're doing a, you're doing a special myth Bits on the 24th ah oh, right So, surprise, surprise. It will be announced in our brand new, shiny, all redesigned and easy to read and enjoy magazine that is coming out on the 24th of September. And uh, those of you that have done submissions for September have already been notified that you will be in that magazine. And it is all at least... My part of the job—it is all edited and sent to the programmer, who just has to plunk it into the new uh, framework of the magazine. And don't forget that not only is it going to be in uh, free ebook form, you can also buy a hard copy. Hard copy. See, I, notice I put like a little lilt on the end. Kind of, there, there is an actual reason as to why I have my live studio audience, because um, I don't remember most of the shit we talk about in the meetings. Um, and sometimes I forget and I have to look at him for clarification as to what I'm saying or I get us into not necessarily trouble, but just add more work for us. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it will be we will also be doing a hard copy version that you can purchase. But the ebook will be free. It will always be free. The magazine will always be free online, as long as I draw breath. Okay. Um, Or at least as long as I'm the editor in chief, which is probably as long as I draw breath. What? He's grinning at me. That's never, it never bodes well for me. But I am learning to say no, I am learning to delegate, and I am learning to hand off jobs that don't need to be mine. Okay, number four. JZO Modcast Networks will begin airing new episodes of both Grindhouse Sleaze and JZO Mon's flashbacks. Um, yay, because you've missed a few weeks. You've missed, yeah, several weeks, especially with Grindhouse. Grindhouse? Grindhouse. Grind You know what I'm trying to say. Grind house. There we go. Okay, so what? Just shut up. No, that was just that was just wrong. It's almost as bad as me sending you the NPCs. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna store that one for when you're mad at me and I'm gonna whip it out, and that's my get out of jail free card. <laughs> Okay, so number five, Dave Montoya is in the beginning stages of creating a new financial credit company that will be offering credit for MythMart. It's spelt with a C, babe. MythMart customers, not customers. They better not cost us. So, MythMart customers. And now, it's not going to be a credit card that you can take and go to the Walmart and buy a bunch of crap. It is going to be essentially in-store credit. So, you will have the credit. You can buy stuff from MythMart, and that's it. But we have a lot of really cool stuff. So, you know, I think it's a great idea. Also, after 26 years, the Jay Zomon Dark Myth Company will be leaving its Apple Valley address, and we'll be moving to brand spanking new, shiny, prestigious Burbank, California address, literally just down the street from DC Comics and Warner Brothers Studios. We are moving on up, Wheezy. moving on up <laughs> to the east side. No, not to the east side. We want to be on the east side of L.A., that would not bode well for us but yeah we will be just down the street from DC Comics which will be really cool for Dark Myth Comics and um, because you know people talk on the street and how you doing and here have a book Uh, we will also be just down the street from Warner Brothers Studios so yay that's very exciting and surprise surprise that only took me 11 minutes got to be a new record for me um we have no books coming out this month we have no new books coming out in September not one because I worked it that way (laughs) I wanted a a mini vacation um I am still editing for my um own company SJB Freelance um But I'm not doing any editing, per se, for Jason Mon Myth. Well, except for the comics. I'm editing the comics. Um, So I am doing editing for Myth Comics. I'm not doing any editing for Myth Publications quite yet. I will be starting soon, because we do have a very exciting anthology. Other than the Zombie Works anthology, we have a very exciting anthology coming out through Dark Myth Publications. Um, It's a story I fell in love with the very first time I read it in the World of Myth magazine. And the author has created several other short stories with the same two characters and two um, novellas. So we're kind of batting around the idea of how we're going to um, structure the anthology and um, if we're going to do it in one book, in two books, I'm leaning towards two books because I think it would just be really cool for two books, but, um, it's all Gideon. I don't know if you read the, the world of myth magazine, you may remember, um, the dragon Sun series. And in the dragon Sun series, there are two characters, Gideon and Pavitaro. and Pavitaro is a really snarky kind of smart assy dragon. <laughs> He's he's a dragon right up my alley. I love his um, his snippy comments to Gideon. Gideon is very naive. Gideon is very um, inexperienced in the world, and he's kind of partnered with Pavitaro, who is kind of like a guardian dragon. But yeah, it's uh, they're really good. The stories that I've read, the short stories that I've read, I thoroughly enjoyed. So I am actually really looking forward to editing this book, um, and it will be coming out in October. I don't know. I don't have my planner in front of me. Yeah, it will be coming out in October. So I'm excited about that. Um, this has been a busy month for me, and it is only the 8th. <laughs> 8th? 9th. What day is it today? It's the 9th today. 8th today. It is now the 8th. Okay, it is now the 8th, and I haven't gotten into anything that is not kid friendly. So, in Canada, it is 12 32. So, it is officially Lily Montoya's birthday in Canada. So, I want to wish little Miss Lily a very happy birthday and a lot of love from Lupa. And I will celebrate with you when I see you in November. (laughs) So you can play that for her in the morning and she can hear that, you know, all these people are going to hear that it's her birthday. So and there is another girl's birthday coming up this month as well. So girls are getting older. Um, But yes, it's Lily's birthday. So happy birthday, my silly Lily. I love you. Okay. Okay. Uh, moving right along, I'm going to close this out. We are going to, like I said, I've had a, a really busy week. All of last week, I was in New Brunswick. And um, I went there to visit my sister, bestie, Crystal. And uh, because I always try to at least make two trips to see her one in the spring when I come back, and one in the fall before I leave. Because it's the last time we're going to get to see each other for like six months. So this is kind of my fall trip. And then um, she was coming back here because she had friends to visit and she had things she had to do. So we drove back in her car in the hottest day ever. um, Crystal was asking today, asking people today, what Ontario was cooking? Where we were trying to figure out what Ontario was cooking, and we did actually figure it out. People, Ontario was cooking people, and it reminded me of a meme that I had seen. Uh, God and Saint Peter. Alexa, turn on bedroom light. Okay. Alexa, turn on lamp. Okay. Thank you. Uh, sorry, it's it. My lights are set to turn off at a certain time, and they just did. Um. It's been really weird tonight. So what was I saying now? You weren't even paying attention. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, yes. So it was very, very hot. And when you're driving long distances and gas is stupid high, because when we left New Brunswick, the price of gas was like a buck 80. I think, which was really, really high. Um, You tend to not want to run things like air conditioning because that chews through your gas like no tomorrow. And it's an 11 hour drive. So you're not wanting to use more gas than you need to. Um, Now, we did have the windows down, but that doesn't use up near as much gas as running the air conditioning. So um, it was a a very windy drive. But it was super hot. Like, I think this has been, it was one of the hottest days of the summer. We reached into temperatures well over 100 degrees. Humidity was sitting up between 80 and 85%. Um, It was stupid hot. And it was stupid hot for three provinces. How you doing? Um, we left New Brunswick and we left it like, 8 30 in the morning it was beautiful the mountains were all misty and i sent a good morning video to zoe before she went to school and she told me that it looked like i was in a scary movie because you couldn't see down the street you couldn't see the mountains um it was all just fog and mist and driving was really cool because we'd be driving along and then all of a sudden the road would just disappear it would just be fog where's the road And there'd be fog beside us and fog behind us. (laughs) Just fog. Uh, It was kind of like that bridge that I told you guys about in Florida that my mom and I went across where we were completely surrounded by fog. Couldn't see above, below, beside, nothing. Just checking, seeing what's happening outside. Things are happening. The homeless people are coming home to the park, so making sure they're all getting tucked in safely. Um, Yeah, it was a pretty foggy drive. And the fog didn't really let up until we got probably a good way into Quebec. And I have come to the conclusion that not only is Quebec the province that never ends, um, Crystal and I have established that it is also the smelliest province. Uh, Because you go in, and she said this earlier, you go in, you start into the province, and the first thing you smell is cow shit. Which is fine. I live in a rural area, so smelling farm smells is not unusual driving around here. But cow manure has this particular smell to it. Maybe it's just me, but it smells like sour milk and poop mixed together. And that the cow manure is very distinctive. You can tell the difference between cow manure and horse manure. Definitely. So as you're going through, first you get the cow manure. Then you get the pig manure. Then you get the chicken shit. And that's chicken poop is nasty. Oh, I don't know if you've ever driven through a skunk, but chicken poop rivals the smell of skunk. It's awful. Horrible, stinky stuff. And then somewhere, and then you get past the chicken poop, and then it's sewage. All you can smell is raw sewage. It smells like an outhouse that hasn't been cleaned in about a year. It's horrid. And then somewhere around the middle of Quebec, all of the smells kind of converge into one icky yuck. Now... Add into the heat. So now you have baking poo. Heated poo, if you will. Heated sludge. And it it was just disgusting. And I think maybe that's why the drivers all drive like idiots. They either are. And I will put the caveat out now. This may not be a family-friendly podcast from here on out. Just saying. So... I have established that because I drove back, Quebec drivers, there are two types of Quebec drivers. Either the ones that are complete and total asshats, they weave in and out of traffic and they come flying up on your butt and they, they are so close up your ass that you can see the nose hairs up their nose. They are that close. If I were to even tap my brakes, they'd be in my backseat. And then you have the ones that get into the fast lane or the middle lane. Doesn't matter what lane they're in. They're in a lane and it's usually in front of you. And the speed is 100 kilometers an hour. And they're doing 75. And you put your blinker on to change lanes. And so do they. And you can't get around them. You can't get away from them. And sometimes like if you're in the slow lane and they're in the slow lane because they're going really slow. Now the speed limit in Quebec is maximum 100, minimum 60. They sit about 75. I don't know if they think that the speed limit is the middle of those two speeds. I don't know if that's their problem. And they figure if they sit at 75, then they're okay. But um, they, they sit at 75 or 80 and they don't, Budge. And in Quebec, like I said, you've got the asshats and the snails. And if you get stuck behind a snail, good luck at getting out because you've got all the asshats in the fast lane, including the truckers. And the truckers, they don't give a damn. They just want to go. They don't care who they run over. They don't care who's in their way. Um, the only way you will get a trucker to be even recognize you're on the road is by letting them in. So if you're in the fast lane and they need to get over because either people are getting on the highway, there's a car broke down on the side of the road, or they're stuck behind a snail. If you ease back, flash your lights and tell them, come on in. Then if they end up behind you or they're back a bit in the other lane and you need to get in, they will back off and they will let you in. Other than that, you're just a speed bump on the road. So we did have a couple of, um, I'm a fairly decent driver. Not a lot phases me. I can handle most of what the road can throw at me. There were a couple of instances that I thought I may have to change my shorts. And I wasn't wearing shorts. I was wearing pants. Uh, And it did get my heart going a little bit. Kind of saw part of my life flash before my eyes. And one was going from the 20 to the 30. Now, you're on the 20. There is a on-ramp on the right-hand side to get onto the 30. Now, the Google lady says, take the right two lanes, stay to the left. Okay. So, I get into the right two lanes. I'm staying to the left because it veers off into another highway. And then it veers off again. So, you start onto the on-ramp and then you have all these people also coming from another on-ramp you're getting on the off-ramp these people are coming on the on-ramp and the two converge and some of these people want to get on the 20 that you just left some of these people want to get onto whatever highway just veered off and some of these people want to get onto the 30 where you're going unfortunately you're in the left-hand lanes because you've exited the 20 on the right, and then those right two lanes become the left lanes, and you need to get over onto the right, and all these people on the right want to come onto the left, so I kind of had an argument with a transport truck, ended up on the divider median, he went first, I scooted in behind him, I let him win, I let him go, I conceded defeat and let him go, because, you know, transport, car, wouldn't have worked, I wouldn't have won that fight. So that kind of, you know, scared me. And then there was an idiot in a pickup truck that seemed to think he was about the size of a Nissan Micra and that he could fit into a space that a Nissan Micra might give second thoughts to trying to fit into. He didn't look. He didn't signal. I was pretty much a good two feet past his tailgate up his truck. I was in the fast lane. He was in the slow lane. And he wanted to be in the fast lane. And I had already started passing him. Like I said, I was a good two feet. I was probably up to, if not past, his back tire when he decided, I'm coming over. And all of a sudden, there he is, angled in front of me. And I had to veer onto the shoulder, slam on the brake to slow down, pray the guy behind me was paying attention to, and let him in. Or he would have completely sideswiped the passenger side and the whole past, like the whole side front end of Crystal's car. It would have not been pretty. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a, a, a tense moment for me. But uh, we made it and we rolled into town uh, with enough time to stop at the Walmart. And because I needed cream and we needed milk and bread. Um, So we stopped at the Walmart and got what we needed. And (laughs) I mean, I get it. It's store policy, but you don't need to be so anal about not letting the baskets out of the store. Okay, so our Walmart has these really neat baskets. They're about the size of a wagon. They have the two handles that you could pick it up and carry it, although I don't know why you would want to. It's got wheels. It also has a handle. So it looks like you're pushing a stroller, really. Um, And we weren't getting a lot, so that's what we took around. And we're heading out of the store to the car, and this lady comes over. You can't take that out of the store. Why not? Store policy, you can't take it out of the store. And Crystal's like, well, if I promise to bring it back, I'm parked right there. Can't take it out of the store. Well, it just so happens that there happened to be a metal cart sitting right there. So I said, fine, we can take that one out of the store. We took all our stuff because we forgot bags. So we took all our stuff out of the plastic cart and put it in the metal cart. And then we took the metal cart out of the store. And then you know what we did? We left said metal cart at the cart thing so somebody had to come out and get it if they had to let us take that little plastic cart we would have brought that right back to the store you wouldn't have had to go out and get it but oh no so they had to go out and get the metal cart anyway so um today was just kind of recouping from the drive and um i was doing some housework crystal was out visiting um Tomorrow's laundry day because I realized that I have absolutely nothing to wear. Um, all of my wearable clothes that I usually wear, like my shorts and my pants and my t-shirts and my tank tops, they're all in the laundry. So I have underwear. I don't have any clean sports bras. I I think I have one uncomfortable bra that still fits me, kinda. Um, so yeah, I have to do laundry tomorrow, but it is going to be cool tomorrow, so it's the perfect day to do laundry. Um, and then I'm working, I think I'm doing something Saturday, and then Crystal's going to visit friends from Sunday till Tuesday, and then Wednesday we're on our way back to New Brunswick. So it's going to be a busy week, Tuesday, uh, yeah, I might not podcast Tuesday. I will try and podcast Tuesday, I could probably podcast Tuesday, or Monday night. Podcast Monday night. There will be a podcast next week. Um, what there won't be, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, is me at um, this month's board meeting. I realized today as I was putting my doctor's appointment in my planner that I will not be home because our board meetings on the 17th, 16th. Yeah. Anyway, my brother's, um, nothing. My brother's birthday is on the 15th and, um, I'm going to, I might go and visit him. I've got to go, I've got a doctor's appointment on Monday, so I might go and stay with friends and go visit my brother for his birthday. Um, yeah. So, I will not be home. So I will be unavailable for the board meeting. So when I give you the, um, any new developments that have happened in my housekeeping next week, it'll be just as much a surprise to me as it is to you. So, <laughs> or that the week after. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, kind of where, what I've been doing and how I've been staying busy. So, You'll have to excuse me if I'm a little scatterbrained today. I've got about 17 things going on in my head right now at the moment. um, None of which involve this podcast, so I'm trying to stay focused. But, uh, which is why I kind of wanted to keep it loose, keep it easy, keep it lighthearted. Because I really don't think I have the brain power to... talk about something serious and I actually did have a serious topic that I did want to discuss tonight um, just from something that I had observed earlier in the evening and I wanted to talk about red flags in relationships but um, I think I'm going to save that one I want to do I want to do a little research. I want to do my due diligence so that I can do that one um, justice, so that I can do it properly. And then I wanted to do, I will be doing, um, this week or next week, I will be doing a podcast with Crystal. Um, She's going to be a guest on the show, and we are going to talk all things paranormal. What are you doing? Are you okay? Okay, <laughs> what are you doing? He's doing weird things. Um, yeah, we are going to discuss all things paranormal, uh, because it is actually one topic that we share similar, if not the same, opinions on. <laughs> So, uh, that one's going to be fun. Um, I was just made aware tonight of a situation that I may get involved in. I'm waiting for some more information on it, only because children are involved. And when I was actively investigating and I was actively running my group, um, one of our standards was... If kids were involved, that case took priority because you don't want kids in danger when it comes to the paranormal, when it comes to um, anything that could be disturbing the child's home life or themselves. They take priority. They take precedence. So we would, um, I've bumped, we've bumped cases that have come in we've been working on a case and we put that case on hold because another case has come in because it involved a child now i will preface that or caveat that or whatever that by saying most of the cases that involved children were not paranormal in nature They may have seemed paranormal, there were weird things that the parents said were happening, or the child themselves would say that they were seeing things, they were hearing things. Um, But what would come out would be that the child was experiencing some form of trauma or working through some sort of personal trauma. It wasn't paranormal, it was psychological, and they needed therapy. They needed to go to counseling. They needed something. We don't provide that. Um, we do suggest that you go and follow up with that and what the family does with that information. Once we're done, then that is up to the family. But every now and again, you do come across a case um, that is paranormal and um when children are involved, it takes precedent. They are innocent. And because they are young, because they are innocent, they are open doorways. They are open gateways for anything to come through, anything to latch onto um, or to manipulate. So, yeah, this particular case um, that was brought to my attention... Um, has the soundings of a poltergeist case but again i need more information to make any sort of um informed assumption informed guess because that's what it would be until unless i actually interacted with the children with the family with the situation did an investigation checked it out and you know saw what was what, talked to witnesses, you know, due diligence. Um, But I do have to be very careful in situations like that as well because of my history. Um, It's been a few years, but I'm still very cautious and very careful. So if anything, um, unless it was super serious, I would be nothing more than an advisory capacity. Um, And after the fact, you send me what you've got, send me the information. I will look at it. I will analyze it. I will give you my informed um, report on it. But uh, yeah, so that may be happening. (laughs) But if I can't get it into September, it's not happening because October, I tend to try and stay away from stuff like that just because things are a whole lot different in October. Okay, so now that I've brought the mood down completely, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a lecture from the live studio audience later, um, we're going to move on to the fun stuff. Stuff you've all been waiting for. The strange, the weird, the unusual, the things involving Florida Man. So I googled weird news, because, you know, as one does, um, and I came across this story of a guy that got arrested for trying to cross the Atlantic in a giant hamster wheel. Now you've all seen those great big, huge inflatable ball hamster balls that you can put people in. I actually wanted to get in one when I was in New Brunswick. The um, reservation, the Tobik um, reservation, did a Labor Day kind of fair. It was a baseball tournament. They had vendors, and they had a bunch of games and stuff for the kids. They had two of the great big hamster balls, and I wanted to get in because the little kid in me was screaming yes! But then all the rational adults around me said, wait a minute. You're going to get a bunch of snotty, sweaty, germy children in that. And then you're going to get in it. And I went, ew, no changed my mind, because I'm not a kid, so I think of these things. <laughs> I don't want to get sick. But yeah, this guy, the Coast Guard, um, arrested Reza Bellucci. And he was arrested because he was he couldn't try as he might, Reza Bellucci couldn't reach his destination without running afoul of the U.S. Coast Guard. The key key problem was his vessel. It was a giant floating hamster wheel made of buoys and wire self-propelled by Bellucci running inside like a hamster. Apparently not all the hamsters were running in his brain when he came up with this idea. Of course, Bellucci, who lives in Florida, uh, after being granted asylum from Iran, was taken in by the Coast Guard last week aboard his vessel following several days of Back and forth with the authorities. Apparently he wasn't coming out of that hamster ball without a fight. According to a criminal complaint filed in U.S. District Court in South Florida, the Coast Guard cutter Valiant came across Bellucci in his homemade vessel about 70 nautical miles east of Tybee Island, Georgia. On August 26th, as the Coast Guard was pre- preparing for Hurricane Franklin. When was this? This was September 7th, 2023. Okay. So it was this year. Um, He told officers his destination. London, England. More than 4,000 miles away. Bellucci was asked for the vehicle's... Girl, if we, if we, the Coast Guard pulling up. License and registration, please. Bellucci was asked for the vehicle's registration. He said it was registered in Florida, but that he couldn't find the registration. According to the complaint, the Coast Guard assessed Bellucci's vessel, known as a hydropod, and determined he was conducting a, mis- a, man- conducting a manifestly unsafe voyage according to the Coast Guard Special Agent, Michael Perez, in the complaint, which does not identify Bellucci's starting point. The officers then approached Bellucci in a small boat and instructed him to join them. They were ending his voyage due to it being unsafe. Bellucci replied that he had a 12-inch knife. Why would you bring a knife into a big inflatable boat? I mean, when I was pregnant with my first child, I had a waterbed and I was sitting on said waterbed, peeling an apple, eating an apple with a knife. And I put the knife down and leaned forward. And the next thing I know, I thought I'd beat my pants. But no, I had punctured a hole in said bed. So why would you get into something full of air with a knife? I don't understand. Anyway, uh, he said he had a 12 inch knife and would attempt to kill himself if the officers attempted to remove him from his vessel, according to the complaint. The officers returned to the cutter and stayed nearby. When the officers tried again over the next day or so to get Bellucci to join them on the small boat, Bellucci displayed two knives. Dude, he's got a whole cutlery set and threatened to hurt himself if officers boarded his vessel. Bellucci Bellucci also threatened to blow himself up. Now he's got explosives. Along with his vessel, the officers saw him holding wires in his hand and believed him. The following day, the second Coast Guard cutter, named Campbell, Valiant wasn't doing so well, so they brought in Campbell, arrived and sent a small boat to Bellucci to deliver food, water, and word that the hurricane was expected. Bellucci refused, again, to leave his vessel. He told the officers that the bomb wasn't real. On, How you doing? <laughs> On August 29th, the Campbell once more sent a small boat and this time was able to safely remove Bellucci from his floating hamster wheel. Bellucci was brought ashore in Miami Beach last Friday, where he was released on two hundred and fifty thousand dollars bond. Where did he get two hundred and fifty? Why didn't he just buy a boat? Well, his case is underway. He's barred from travel outside the Southern District of Florida and may not go to the ocean or board a vessel on the ocean. A special condition added to his bond agreement. (laughs) He's not even allowed to stick his toes in the water. Nope. This was far from Bellucci's first encounter with the Coast Guard, too, apparently. He has attempted voyages in a similar homemade vessel in 2014, 2016, and 2021, all of which resulted in USCG intervention. Bellucci is a man of big dreams and unorthodox methods. Not long after arriving in the U.S., he was profiled in the New York Times as he began a quest to run across the country, Forrest Gump style. He reportedly finished the coast-to-coast journey not once, but twice. He was also the focus of a short documentary from Vice about Bellucci's 2014 and 2016 attempts to travel from Boca Raton, Florida, to Bermuda, a distance of more than a thousand miles, by running inside his homemade floating bubble. In the video, Bellucci explains his motivation in using such unusual means of travel. If you drive a boat, nobody cares. Bubble? Nobody did before. (laughs) Kind of makes sense. Todd Cogshall, formerly of the U.S. Coast Guard, recalled what happened during the 2014 attempt, which he called by far the most bizarre case that I was involved in. One of our sectors, Sector Miami, got a call from a concerned boater that there was a man in a bubble that was lost and was asking for directions to Bermuda. Cogshall told Vice it became really obvious, really fast, that he wasn't a sailor, didn't know the ocean, and was unequipped to do what he was attempting to do. We refer to it as the hamster wheel of doom. (laughs) Oh, shit. Cogshell remembered, adding that temperatures could get up to 120 degrees inside the bubble, and that Bellucci was more likely to get pushed to England or swept into a swirling eddy in the middle of the Atlantic, than make it from Florida to Bermuda. The Coast Guard tried to take him in, but he didn't want to go. Cogshell said, and stayed with him for a day or so before leaving him a day or two later a cold front knocked the bubble on his side so bellucci set off what's called a spot device and the coast guard went and rescued him bellucci said he turned on the beacon accidentally the captain of the port of miami ordered Belucci not to attempt to travel to bermuda in his bubble bellucci tried again in 2016 This time, the Coast Guard came upon Bellucci, told him they were terminating his voyage for being manifestly unsafe, and that he should embark their boat. Make me crazy, Bellucci is seen telling the Coast Guard officers. I've been five years, like, do, do this thing. They stop me every time. They save my life. I don't need it. I don't need it. Save my life. I don't need it. Okay. He told the officers that he had five or six lights and two life jackets. I have a GPS. I have a laptop to watch movie. He's going to watch movies in his hamster bubble. But the officers said his voyage was unsafe and based on the captain of the port order and his physical conditions, the officers hauled him in. And they sank his bubble as a hazard to navigation. (laughs) They shot they sank my bubble, Bellucci told Vice. No more bubble I have. You <laughs> can't, can't make this stuff up. With it sank all of his supplies. Cogshell said the cost to taxpayers for the Coast Guard's response was about $144,000. In 2021, Bellucci redesigned Hamster Wheel made the headlines when it came ashore in Flagler County, Florida. Body cam footage shows his interaction with the responding officers from the Flagler County Sheriff's Department Sheriff's Office. Which, where were you supposed to land, the officer asked. I'm going to New York, Bellucci says, his giant hamster wheel on the beach behind him. Did you start on a bigger vessel, the officer asked. Bellucci looks at him blankly and says, huh? Were you on a bigger vessel or is this all you have, the officer asks. This is all I have, says Bellucci. Bellucci now faces charges of obstruction of boarding and violation of a captain of the port order. Whether it will be enough to keep Bellucci on land remains to be seen. Dream no come after you, Bellucci told Vice. You must follow your dream. (laughs) Don't do it in a hamster wheel. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't. Dude, what's going to happen if you have to sleep? And you're not there paddling your hamster wheel. You're just going to drift blindly. Okay. Stop it. Oh, no. Okay. All right. I got to read this one. This one one sounds kind of weird. So, apparently, people are freaking out over a question mark seen in space. But scientists can explain it. I want to read this. The James James Webb Space Telescope recently captured a stunning new image of what scientists call a pair of actively forming stars. But eagle eye viewers were quick to seize on an even tinier and to some more intriguing detail at the very bottom of the frame, an orange formation in the unmistakable shape of a question mark, tail and all. The photo, which is actually a composite of half a dozen infrared images, went viral on social media sites like X, formerly Twitter. Have you noticed that it's now like, remember when Prince changed his name and he was the the artist formerly known as? Well, this is now the social media platform formerly known as. And Reddit, after the European Space Agency, one of the three agencies behind the telescope, shared it last month, prompting the ESA to clarify weeks later, it's not a hoax. The aliens know we found them, and now they're just messing with us, one Reddit user wrote. <laughs> the photo shows a tightly bound pair of young stars known as Herbig Harrow, 46 slash 47, surrounded by a disk of gas and dust, dotted by distinct galaxies and stars in the background. It's really kind of cool. ESA says Herbig Harrow 46 47 is important to study because it's only a few thousand years old. And since stars take millions of years to form, its young age offers researchers a chance to observe how stars gather mass over time and to potentially model the formation of one of the most famous stars and sun. Most famous stars, the sun. Even so, scientists acknowledge it's not the only notable formation in the photo. I'm hoping I pronounce this correctly. Macarena Garcia Marin. Hey, Macarena. (laughs) I had to. (laughs) A web project scientist with the Space Telescope Science Institute in Baltimore, which manages the telescope science operations, told NPR in an email that the question mark is a great example of how, with web, no matter what you are looking at, you can have surprises in the background. She has at least one theory for why it's resonating with so many people. We think I think we all enjoy finding familiar shapes in the sky that creates a deep connection between our human experience and language, in this case, question mark, and the beauty of the universe surrounding us. Garcia Marin writes, I think it exemplifies the human need for exploration and wonder. And to me it brings the question question mark, the question of how many other interesting objects are out there waiting to be explored with Webb. So what exactly is it? Scientists say the punctuation-shaped object appears to be two or more galaxies merging. The intense process through which galaxies collide, the Milky Way itself is the byproduct of one such merger, it looks like a group or chance alignment of two or three galaxies. Kainosk, ESA communications program officer said over email. The upper part of the question mark looks like a distorted spiral galaxy, maybe merging with a second galaxy. ESA study scientist Nora Lutzendorf says that while it's too far away to say for sure, the arc of the question mark likely comes from the tidal interaction between the galaxies, and the dot might as well be just a smaller spherical galaxy. Very cool. When galaxies collide, you know. All right. That's not as funny. (laughs) Hank the Tank. Have you heard of Hank the Tank? Hank the Tank. Okay. Pardon the noise in the background. It's the crystal I was talking about earlier. So Hank the Tank is a bear behind 21 home invasions, and they finally caught him. Uh, Let's see. All right, nothing more interesting on strange news. So now we're going to go over to weird, wonderful, and odd news and see what we can find there. Um, Oh, the Chinese zoo, that bear, that bear that everybody says is just a human in a bear costume. Yeah. Have you ever seen a bear, especially one that, that gets up on their back legs? They do look like they're wearing furry pants. They really do. Okay, that just freaks me out. AI robots could play future role as companions in care homes. That Don't you go to sleep? Are you cold? Are you sick? Are you sick? Okay. I wasn't asking you. Okay, so let's see what we got. Nothing here seems to be jumping out at me. Horse diapers? Eee. For horses that they, in Gaza Street, they use them in Gaza. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so apparently Hong Kong is, there's a restaurant in Midland, and I'm sure there's others, but it's called Double Happiness. It's a Chinese food restaurant. Well, apparently in Hong Kong, they have um, released two giant rubber ducks in a bid to drive. Double happiness. I don't know. Uh, scientists find crocodile virgin birth in Costa Rica Zoo. <laughs> We're getting snorks from the peanut gallery. Yeah, apparently crocodiles can have virgin births. All right. So I've already done this one. The Florida man riding the giant hamster wheel. Okay, so this one is an interesting one. A human skull found in a goodwill donation box in Arizona. But they say there's no apparent link to any crime. Dude, it's a human skull in a goodwill box. I'm pretty sure the person did not donate their head willingly. Or on purpose. They didn't take off their brain and go, okay, you know what? I'm done with this for today. Let's put it in the goodwill box. It's probably not the strangest item ever donated. I'm pretty sure it is um, at the, to a Goodwill store, but employees of a thrift store in the, in the Phoenix area know, knew exactly what to do when they saw what looked like a human skull in one of their donation boxes. Called police. Officers responded to the store in Goodyear on Tuesday night and took possession of the skull, which was covered in spots and had its upper front teeth attached, plus a false eye in the left socket. Officials with goodwill of Central and Northern Arizona say they followed company protocol by immediately reporting the donation to police. Excuse me, um, serial killer donated his trophy. We can't sell that. (laughs) Uh, The skull was transported to the Maricopa County Medical Examiner's Office, where authorities confirmed that it is, in fact, a real human skull. It appears this human skull is historic and has no forensic significance meaning there appears to be no associated crime. It remains unclear who donated the skull and what would become its final deposition. Barry said police had no additional information to release about the skull as of Thursday. Store employees referred all inquiries about the skull to Goodwill's corporate office Thursday, but nobody immediately returned calls. So, yeah, nobody knows why this skull turned up, but apparently it did, and that's recent, folks. Okay, so now we are going to go over to Viewer Suggested. So, I haven't vetted any of these. I haven't looked over any of these. These were Viewer Submitted Florida Man stories, so... I am not taking any responsibility for any of these. Just putting that out there now. Okay. Can I click on it? Why won't it? Ooh. okay. So this one. Florida man arrested after posing as Disney World employee and stealing Star Wars R2-D2 replica. A Florida man has been arrested after he posed as a Disney World employee. This is in Florida in an effort to steal a $10,000 replica of the Star Wars character R2-D2. Florida Man was arrested. I already read that. Uh, They used the first line as the, the title. ABC Central Florida affiliate WFTV reports David Emerson Proudfoot, 44, of Kissimmee, was arrested on May 31st after he snatched the droid from Disney World's Swan Hotel in an attempt to get hired as a security guard at the... So he stole something to get hired as a security guard. Pretty sure that's not going to look real good on the resume. Um, At Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando. According to police, Proudfoot was seen by hotel security pushing a cart on the property while wearing an orange work vest and a Disney World name tag. Security guards, who suspected something suspicious was taking place, subsequently escorted Proudfoot to the Yacht Club resort to retrieve his belongings and driver's license from the employee lockers, at which point Disney officials called law enforcement. Proudfoot Proudfoot allegedly told police he had a pending application with Walt Disney World security and was and only was moving the R2-D2 replica in an effort to show weaknesses in the security of the resorts, with the hope of landing a job at the resort. He also later admitted to breaking into three separate arcade machines at Disney's Wilderness Lodge Boardwalk Resort and the Grand Floridian Resort. i stayed at the Grand Floridian. Proudfoot has been charged with two counts of grand theft, one count of petty theft, and one count of obstruction, by false information, and one count of scheming to defraud. According to court records, he made a written plea of not guilty on June 24th. I'm pretty sure he did it. Oh, he got it back. He got it back. Okay, so this Florida man, all right, Ramiro Alanis. I have reported on this man a couple of times now. Um, Previously set the Guinness World Record for most cinema productions attended of the same film. Um, He watched his record. Yeah, he initially snagged the honor in 2019 by watching Avengers Endgame, Endgame 191 times. Means he stayed in the theater to watch it that many times. His record was bested in 2021 by Arnaud Klein, who watched the French film Camelot, first installment, 204 times on the big screen. As the Guinness World Record website confirmed last week, so this is as of. Give me a date, give me a date. Oh, this is 2022. (laughs) But still. Um, Confirmed. Alanis spent approximately 720 hours or 30 fully days watching the latest Spider Man to reclaim his title. He estimated that he spent around $3,400 on tickets across three months, from December 16, 2021 to March 15, 2022. At one point during his quest to break the record, he watched five screenings of the movie each day. No Way Home runs two hours and 28 minutes. As with the first time he set the record, Alanis was not permitted to take naps, use his phone, or to go to the bathroom as the movie played. He said it was a challenge to juggle his commitment to breaking the world record again and trying to stay put mentally with work and family. He also had to sacrifice some of his regularly scheduled gym sessions. You think? (laughs) Romero said that after dedicating an entire month of his life to the blockbuster Marvel Cinematic Universe entry, he can pretty much recite the dialogue along with the movie. His favorite aspect of the film is Andrew Garfield and his redemption arc. I think I've heard somebody else say those exact words. Exactly like that. So I'm pretty sure he's read this article. On Twitter. Busted. (laughs) On Twitter, Alanis, dear friend, French, dear French adversary, Klein congratulated him for taking back the title, writing. I would like to wholeheartedly congratulate the new record holder who has pushed the bar very, very high, but I am not giving up the fight. New logistics are already in place. Elinus humorously replied in a quote tweet. Thank you very much, my dear French adversary. I shall warn you, if you dare to try and strike again, I'll blow with Molinar at 100% this time with no need of sponsors or support from anybody, keeping you from being featured in the Guinness World Record book once again. Thank you very much, my dear French. Okay, I already read that. You know, I there's a few movies that I have watched and TV series that I have watched over and over and over and over again. But I really don't think I'm quite that dedicated. Well, OK, maybe I am. Maybe for Supernatural, I am. I might be able to do it for Supernatural. But I'm going to need to sleep. I'm going to need food. I'm going to need to pee. <laughs> you know, like I'm not doing it all in one long stretch. Alright, so, are you sure this is a Florida man? Well, okay, Adam Adiple suggests that it might be. A Florida man was arrested Friday after police found guns, drugs, and a live baby alligator inside his truck. In his truck. Okay. Michael Marola, 31, was stopped at 12.30 a.m. in his black GMC Sierra pickup truck. The Collier County Sheriff's Department said deputies identified Marola based on previous law enforcement encounters as having a suspended license. Authorities searched the vehicle where they found a gun inside the glove compartment and another hidden under the front passenger seat. The live baby alligator was discovered inside an open plastic tub in the bed of the pickup truck. Well, at least it wasn't in the cab with them. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission website states that a valid alligator trapping license is required in order for someone to legally own live American alligators from the wild. Why would you want to? Deputies found syringes inside Marola's jacket that later tested positive for methamphetamine. Ah, Cracked Okay, makes total sense now. Crackhead thought it was a kitten. Just a very hungry kitten. Hungry, hungry hippo, maybe. Marola was charged with two counts of carrying a concealed firearm, possession of a controlled substance, and possession of narcotic equipment, which were also conducted to address the presence of the alligator. Marola was released on bond Saturday and he's expected to return to court on May 2nd. Wow. All right. Oh, dude. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> okay, I got some good ones. Um So there's a Florida, okay, hang on. Hang on. Hang on we got three more for you. I don't know where they're opening. Where did they open? Uh, There we go. We'll do it that way. Apparently I've opened. I don't know where the tabs are on this. I don't. I hate Edge. Just so you know. Not the wrestler. The, uh browser, because I opened three tabs. Oh, there we are. Oh, they're over there. All right. Okay. Okay. So we've read that one. Florida man arrested for spanking police horse. God bless you, Florida it's wise to keep your hands to yourself especially around police 22-year-old olawali Oyedaji agbidi was arrested in gainesville florida last week for spanking a police horse the incident took place around 2 a.m. sunday morning and authorities say they saw agbidi slap rusty the horse on the butt four times after a short chase police apprehended agbidi who says he hit Rusty because he was afraid the horse was going to knock him over. McGeady was charged with striking or interfering with a police animal. Dude, don't spank the horses, man. Don't do it. All right. Okay, so. uh, Florida man arrested for allegedly breaking into Wendy's to cook burger and steal safe. Um, a guy broke into Wendy's, promptly hit the grill to craft himself a quick meal, then snagged a safe before ultimately being arrested. Shockingly, this went down in Florida. The Marin County Police Sheriffs say Patrick Benson utilized either a brick or large rock to smash said Wendy's window after operating hours. Once inside, he alleged to have made himself a burger, enjoyed his late night dinner, then successfully exited with his... Okay, you know what? Dude, you're in a fast food restaurant. They have these little cardboard boxes. You put the burger in. These little cardboard containers. You put the fries in. And then they have these things called a paper bag. You put it all in and you can take it to go. So you cooked a meal. You put it in the bag. You grab the safe. You're out the door. You don't sit down and eat. That's why you got caught. Dumbass. The safe, of course, was presumably full of money, not vintage Baconators. He doesn't look very bright. Additionally, Benson is alleged to have hit another restaurant, again making off with some free food. He's also suspected of attempting to break into a gas station. Initially, Marin County authorities were asking for the public's assistance in identifying the man described as a modern-day Hamburglar. Oh, dear Lord. This stuff just writes itself in a press release from police last week. The suspect has been successfully has been successful at forcing his way into two restaurants, cooking himself some dinner, then stealing what he can't consume. The suspect used a brick to smash a door at Wendy's on Jensen Beach Boulevard. Once in, he started the grill, ate and left with the safe. He also burglarized a restaurant in downtown Jensen Beach. Benson, 34, now faces charges of burglary, grand theft, and attempted burglary. Yep, he's the burglar. Alright, where's the next one? Did you hear the one about the Hamburglar? Business phone? At this time of night. Wow. All right. So then we get into the seedier side of our Florida man. There are some things that you just don't do in a Walmart or anywhere for that matter. I'm not even exactly sure. You don't violate stuffed animals. This gross act got a Florida man with wanton disregard for his freedom and decency arrested yesterday afternoon. This was October 15th, 2014. The Smoking Gun reports that 19-year-old Sean Johnson was seen taking the stuffed animal from the shelf in the Brooksville, Florida location, then sauntering over to the housewares section. Why would you go to housewares? Why wouldn't you go over to bedding? He's a plushophile. Russo's from Brooksville That explains a lot. (laughs) Really does. Okay, he sauntered over to Housewares, where he had sex with it to completion. Afterwards, he placed the violated stuffed animal on top of a bed and exited the store. Why didn't he take the stuffed animal to the bed? Why would he stop in housewares? Did he need a spatula? A spoon? A blender? Frying pan? I don't know. Although Walmart security couldn't corral him, he was caught on camera and eventually apprehended by members of the Brooksville Police Department. Finally, feeling remorse, Johnson told the police he needs to think before what he does, adding that he is extremely sorry. He was charged with criminal mischief and indecent exposure. And probably the price of the bear or whatever it was he violated, that thing's going to need, whoever buys that is going to need some serious therapy. Could you imagine? Now, you're going to be looking at all your stuffed animals that you've bought at the Walmart now, and and like, I don't know, there's a little crusty spot on its ear. I don't know where that, yuck. (laughs) Yuck. I was just in Walmart yesterday, too. And we were talking about it earlier, like Walmart has more things to worry about than us taking a cart. Of the store, things like this. Although, at our Walmart, people pee in the aisles, crackheads, they're everywhere. All right, I think we have time for one more. Okay, maybe a few more. Why are you giving me the no no finger? One, what time? We have time for one more. Okay, so now I need to pick and choose because I've got flesh-eating infection. Uh, We already did hissing iguana last week in the toilet. Yep, he was in the toilet. I did it last week. Um, Mocked Florida woman, man on the run from police, skinny-dipping After losing his shorts or unjustly jailed for killing a rooster. Do the last two. I'm going to do the last two. All right. So this one is. Man on the run from police resorts to skinny dipping after losing shorts. So a Florida man lost his shorts in a river after he allegedly tried to evade officers with the Suwannee County Sheriff's Department Sheriff's Office. Jesse Dean Lamb, 50, you think he'd be old enough to know better, was arrested and charged with resisting arrest without violence, well, good for him, on Saturday, according to a release published on the Florida's Facebook page. I need to follow that page, I really do. This comes as new data shows the crime rate decreasing in Florida. After two years hovering above the national violent crime rate, this year Florida came in under the national rate with 3.8 Incidents per 1,000 compared to 4.0 across the U.S., according to SafeWise. What the heck is happening down there? Um, according to the Florida state legislator, resisting an officer without violence is considered a misdemeanor. So if you're going to be arrested, don't fight back. Um, in most states, fine. OK, wait a minute. This is all just what a misdemeanor is. Let me just skim through this. Um, Okay. So what started as a call involving a man who refused to leave a house took a turn when officers learned that Lamb allegedly had an active warrant from Suwannee County after he did not appear in court for driving with a suspended license in 2021. When Deputy Pete Marola arrived at the house, he saw Jesse running from the rear of the house towards the Suwannee River. (laughs) There's a song about that river. Um, only wearing a pair of shorts, the release stated. Marola chased after Lamb who reached, who jumped into the river and hid under a floating dock. Do you know what's under docks? Do you know what's under docks? Dock spiders. Big ones. Deputy Larson Zimmerman joined to help Marola and the two officers, and the two ordered Lamb to come out from underneath the dock. He swam out for a moment, only to immediately swim away. As Jesse was swimming away, he lost his shorts and was now skinny dipping in the river until he came to a large U-shaped dock and hid underneath it. Well, for the next couple of hours, the the police played hide-and-seek with Jesse. He popped up once, but quickly disappeared back under the dock before the deputies could grab him. With the help of an underwater camera provided by a local resident, officers confirmed Lamb remained under the dock. (laughs) He was on the Lamb. Eventually, Jesse decided to make a break for it and began swimming across the river to the other side. But Deputy Zimmerman, with the assistance of the dock owner, chased after Jesse in the dock owner's boat and they captured Jesse on the other riverbank. Sheriff Sam St. John told Newsweek that Lamb was exhausted by the time officers caught him and did not put up a fight as they arrested him. In addition to the post, the Suwannee County Sheriff's Office included photos, one of which showed him covered by a towel and wearing a life jacket on a boat after officers caught him. St. John said there were no injuries during the two and a half hour standoff. In addition to this arrest, another was made after a man allegedly tried to bring nearly 740 grams of methamphetamine into the United States in 2020. People found him suspiciously eating a McDonald's cheeseburger when he arrived at a checkpoint. Th- How is eating... Okay, so when I go to cross the border or I go up to security at the airport, I'm going to make sure I'm not eating a McDonald's cheeseburger. That gets you arrested for suspicion of methamphetamine. Three women were recently arrested after they reported throwing objects at employees and jumped over the counter when they were charged for sauce. Okay. And yes, there was dead air for effect. Because I'm trying to wrap my brain around why you would leap across a counter and punch somebody because you were charged for a barbecue sauce. Maybe they were... It's the point? No, it's not. One man claimed he was acting in self-defense after after killing his neighbor's pet rooster. And guess what? That's what we're going to end on. Because that is the final of the two. Okay. kind of funny that that ended up on the same list and you sent, like, yeah, you sent it to me. Okay, so a Florida man has claimed self-defense after slaying his neighbor's pet rooster. Now, in that man's defense, I do recall I was living at a place, staying at a place in California that had a local rooster that liked to crow very early in the morning and there were a few mornings that i thought about going out there and stretching that rooster's neck and seeing you know just how long i could make it james Nix jr of jacksonville florida spent 30 hours in jail for aggravated animal cruelty in may he said what what oh dude that takes cockfighting to a whole new level He said he never should have been arrested. Nix described the incident to WJAX-TV. I'm defending myself, he said. I was fearing for my safety, and the chicken died. Chicken Scratch, a website for raising and breeding chickens, say roosters aren't normally aggressive, but they can be if the rooster feels threatened. Hobby Farms, a website that says they provide inspiration and advice for growing fruits and vegetables, raising farm animals, and back to basics living, says hens grow only little buds on their feet, but roosters can grow spurs that are extremely long, sharp, and dangerous. Spurs are what roosters use against rivals as well as other threats to themselves and their hens. Should one of your boys perceive you as a threat, he will not hesitate to use his spurs against you. And that may have been what Nix was afraid of. He described checking his mail when the rooster ran up on him. It's It's a bird. It's a small bird. Now, I understand there are people that are afraid of birds and will run and scream and flee. He described the noise he heard by tapping his fingers hard on the truck behind him in the interview. And I turned around, and there's a chicken out there in the street. He said, oh boy, here we go, recounted Nix. Turn around, walk to my place. I turn around, walk to my place. That's when he says he heard the same noise, again, aggressively, tapping the truck with his fingertips. Now the chicken's in my yard. Now its neck flares up. It's a chicken! You are at least over five feet tall, grown man. It's a chicken. Chicken. You know, Pet Keen, a website that claims to offer practical and helpful advice backed by research and science to pet lovers, say there are signs that a rooster may be be becoming aggressive, including spurring. The rooster jumps at you and tries to rake you with his spurs. Flogging. Some people enjoy that. The rooster flares at you and beats you with his wings. And chasing. He chases you away from the flock, especially when you look like a threat. I need to know what this guy looked like. I need a picture of Nix. At that point, Nix claimed he picked up a stick to fend off the rooster. But the chicken's jumping at me and I accidentally knocked it on the head, you know? Call it a lucky shot. Whatever. He played whack a mole. Whack a chicken. He was. beat, <laughs> he beat me to it. He was. <laughs> oh, the phallic jokes could go on for a while. <laughs> Uh, the myth that penis jokes ever run out is a fallacy <sighs> that was a good one wasn't it <laughs> uh, owner Jason DeFelice was furious to return home and find his rooster dead he was approached by four children ages 7 to 12 who witnessed the incident oh they're credible The man with the blue truck beat a rooster with a steel pole and killed it, said the children. DeFelice confronted his neighbor with the dead rooster in hand. He approached the man cock in hand. Yelling in his yard. I just told him to leave, Nick said. The police reported his slain bird to the Jackson Sheriff's Office Animal Code Enforcement. And police investigated and cited Nix for animal cruelty on May 30th, landing him 30 in jail for 30 hours. Nick said he did not understand why his neighbor called the police. Chickens die every day. People at churches, Popeye's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, he said. What <laughs> oh do oh. Oh 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 you do? you're a 21-gun salute? CPR? <laughs> Call the chicken ambulance? How do you save it? You don't save it. You can't save it. He also questioned what... What? Oh, he also questioned what send-off the rooster deserved. Roosters can sometimes attack children and pets and harass hens, according to the American Council on Science and Health. Many urban areas that allow chickens, roosters are prohibited or limited in number. It's because they're loud and early. In May, an aggressive rooster was captured attacking a young girl, On a Bing security camera at a farm. Last year, a New York City man was left bleeding after a rooster charged at him while he was walking down the street. And a woman in Australia bled to death after a rooster pecked at her leg in 2019. However, two of the four children who witnessed the rooster's death wept to police and asked why the suspect was so mean. The rooster didn't attack him, they said. Newsweek reached out to Nix and the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office for comment. And guess what? Nobody said nothing. (laughs) Well, I guess that's what happened when the chicken crossed the street. (laughs) He ended up dead. Maybe the rooster was egging him on. (laughs) I'm just... His excuse fits like socks on a rooster. I'm just reading some of the comments now because they're funny. Roosters can indeed be aggressive. Even the calmer egg-laying breeds, roosters don't lay eggs. I hate to tell you, but roosters don't lay eggs. Roosters hump the chickens that lay eggs. But roosters don't lay eggs. I'm pretty sure that if a neighbor beat a dog to death for running at them, there would be consequences. Why shouldn't the same apply for a rooster? Chicken. Oh, somebody did come after Miss Lisa for saying that roosters lay eggs. She says she never said that roosters lay eggs. She said that roosters of egg-laying breeds. Is that not saying roosters lay eggs? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. (laughs) <laughs> there it is. There, shut my special. Well, folks, we're going to end on that feathery note. And, you know, it could have all just been a cock and bull story. I had to get one more in there. Just one more in there. And slip it right in. <laughs> Okay, I am going to end this shit show because <laughs> it still needs to be edited so that y'all can hear it tomorrow and it's late. So I am going to sign off for this week. You all know the drill. Um, I'm I'm over the people, so I'm not going to tell you to be kind. And I really don't care if you're kind to yourself because what you do in the privacy of your own home with your chicken is your business. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. Um, But don't lick shit. And if you're going to break into a fast food restaurant, remember, cook the food, put it in the bag, grab the safe and go. Don't sit down and eat. It takes too much time. It's called fast food for a reason. So, all right. Catch you all next week. Don't lick Shit. Try not to kill anybody. Alright. I don't care if you're kind to them, just don't kill anybody this week. I don't want any of my listeners going to jail. None of you are gonna look good in prison orange. I can guarantee it. Nobody looks good as a pumpkin. And they do nothing for your figure. Nothing at all. So don't lick shit. And um yeah, I think that's it. Y'all have a good week now. Alright. See ya. Carry on my way, son
0: There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't Don't you cry